Hello and good day. This is the Bible Bard. Here's the place we're at today. In our last podcast, we looked at the humanity of Jesus and what the text, at least our sample texts, say about Jesus and his humanity and his subjugation to God. In today's discussion, we investigate what the text says about his deity. And beginning with Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, which states, quote, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, unquote. Comment, in Matthew, the baby Mary gives birth to is called God with us. The teachers of the law correctly note in the book of Mark that only God can forgive sins. This happens again in the Luke passage. Now in Mark chapter 2, verse 5, the text reads, quote, He, Jesus, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? Who can forgive sins but God alone? In Luke, verse 7, uh, or I'm sorry, let's begin again. In Luke, chapter 7, verse 48, the text reads, quote, Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The Jewish disbelievers stated, Who can forgive sins but God? This is an ironic statement because Jesus as God is standing there. Uh, in John, chapter 1, verse 3, the text reads, quote, Through him, Jesus, all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In comment, this passage in John declares that Jesus was the creator of all things. In John chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, the text states, quote, Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Unquote. Comment, this passage in John says that everyone in the human race is to give the Son Jesus the same honor they give to God. The obvious meaning is if I'm honoring the Father as God, then I should honor Jesus as God. In, in the text, John 6, verse 44, the text reads, quote, Jesus answered, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Comment. In this passage, Jesus supplies a historical passage that states people shall be taught by God to himself. He is stating that if you listen to God, you will come to him. Conversely, if you're not listening to God, regardless of who you listen to, you will not come to him. But in the middle of this text, Jesus says, uh, I will raise him up at the last day. He's attributing to himself the power to raise people from the dead. In John chapter 20, verse 28, the text states, quote, Thomas said to him, Jesus, my Lord and my God, unquote. Come on, come on, one of the disciples expressly calls Jesus my God 
What more do you need to believe that the scriptures teach Jesus is not just human, but simultaneously God? In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the text states, quote, The sun is the radiance of the God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Comment, God is a spiritual being, but this text states that Jesus is the radiance of his glory and an exact representation of that spiritual being in human form. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13, the text reads, quote, While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Comment and find me in Titus, we are told that Jesus is our great God. These passages are not all that are found in the Bible that expressly or implicitly say Jesus Christ is God, but these are sample texts which read inductively present factual statements that reveal the deity of Jesus Christ. It's difficult to imagine how any sincere person could assert that Jesus is never called God anywhere in the Bible. They are just reading from their ideology. Those who assert such believe their ideology and not what the Bible teaches. Here's the place we're at today. There are three basic monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Of course, there are many other religions in the world. Each of them has rules for becoming a believer within their creeds, rites, and rituals. The Bible Bard has assembled the rules of membership of each of the monotheistic religions, all of which have associations with the Bible itself to allow everyone to compare these beliefs. Now note, all of these three religions have various denominations. Usually the major difference between them is based upon how they read and understand their sacred scriptures. So those who most closely follow the literal meaning of their scriptures call themselves by some name that denotes their orthodoxy or their fundamentalistic approach to the text. Usually there's a denomination that doesn't believe in the historical validity of their own scriptures, and they're often the more liberal groups within the denomination or within the religion. Then there's often a group that views their scriptures as a mystery to be revealed by some sort of ecstatic or secret means. In Judaism, they are called those who practice Kabbalah. In Christianity, they are some sects of the charismatic denomination. In Islam, they are the Sufis. When we look into these three religions, let's start and see how each one says you must become a member of their uh, creed. First, how to become a Jew. To become a Jew, one must be born into a Jewish family, which by definition means that at least your mother practices the religion of Judaism or was herself born of a Jewish mother. In terms of Jewish adult conversion, males must be circumcised and then a three-person rabbinic court, the Beit Din, must question the sincerity of the proselyte. Most Jewish denominations require baptism or a mikvah. This immersion or tevila is sometimes seen as having sacerdotal 
functions, providing a cleansing of sins for the initiate. A convert then takes a Hebrew name and begins practicing their faith. In the ancient Hebrew faith, blood sacrifices performed by a priest in a sacred tabernacle or temple were considered the only way to cover sins, but this is modern times. How to become a Christian? In the New Testament, a baby cannot become a Christian because Christianity requires a certain level of personal knowledge. Yet Jesus said in Matthew 19, 14, Let all the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Unquote. Therefore, a child who is able to understand the gospel message about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to provide forgiveness of sin and everlasting life can become a Christian. In the early Middle Ages, however, the Catholic Church began baptizing or sprinkling babies because of their belief that only the church could dispense salvation. So if a baby dies uh, without the church dispensing that salvation, that baby was going to be separated from God. So as a matter of, of uh, kindness, the church considered that infant baptism could make a baby a Christian. But putting history aside, the New Testament knows nothing of infant baptism and nothing of a spiritual inheritance accruing due to a physical familial association or a religious indoctrination. Older children and adult conversion in Christianity uh, are converted just as described in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, quote, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, unquote. Jesus described this salvation in this way in John 3, 16 to 18 a. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already." Unquote. Now, how to become a Muslim? It's very similar to the Jewish way. You must be born into a Muslim family, but in that case, it means both parents have to believe and practice the religion of Islam. In adult Muslim conversion, you have to believe there's only one God, Allah, who created the entire universe and that Muhammad, peace be on him, is his final messenger on earth. If, with total sincerity, you recite this statement in front of two Muslim witnesses, you are a Muslim. In some cases, circumcision is later required for males, and in Africa, circumcision may be required for females. While Jewish and Muslim conversions have certain similarities, Christian conversion is radical. Jesus went so far as to state in Luke 12:52, quote, from now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother-in-law, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, unquote. 
Christianity is a personal religion not dependent upon heritage, parents, family, or any other human institution. The Bible Bard must acknowledge that there are large Christian denominations that view their church as the only one with authority to make anyone they choose a Christian. But this view is not stated in the New Testament. Their view is based upon a statement of Jesus in Matthew 16, verse 19 and 20, in which he said, quote, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, unquote. This verse is controversial because in the Middle Ages, the Protestants believed that the Catholic Church was using this authority to sell salvation to people in the form of indulgences. This verse is controversial because in the Middle Ages, the Protestants believed that the Catholic Church used this so-called authority to sell salvation to people in the form of indulgences. This is not the only time that a religion or a sect of a religion has taken a single verse or two from the scriptures they acknowledge to base an important teaching upon. For example, in Judaism, the practice of separating milk from meat in the kitchen was created based on a single instruction in which a verse in Exodus 23:19 instructed Jews, quote, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk, unquote. Both the New Testament and the Old Testament examples recited here illustrate how simple literal texts can be extrapolated by partisans into an extra-biblical doctrine, which later becomes an unquestioned tradition. Jesus speaks against this kind of religious activity when he says to the Jewish leaders of his day in Mark chapter 7, verse 13, quote, You nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. The Bible Bard recommends we read the Bible in its simplicity, in its literal meaning, upon which more sophisticated literary analysis must be based. Building complication into religious practice based upon additional meaning that goes beyond the face meaning is very problematic, especially when it leads to obvious corruption or at least increases the burden of faith beyond what God usually commands. As the Bible Bard has stated before, if you read the Bible, you encounter something that at face value you do not understand. Don't panic. Just set that text aside, expecting that further explanation of it will one day come to you and give you understanding. The Bible is God's revelation of himself and a revelation of humanity from his perspective. In this life, we will never perfectly understand it, for it states more than we can sometimes know. However, rational thinking makes it reasonable to assume that God did not inspire this text and have it preserved for all of these thousands of years to confuse us, since the purpose of the, of the Bible is to reveal God to us. This is the way the Bible bard works. Brief recitations, closely focused, no distractions, no rabbit trails. Send the Bible Bard any questions or remarks you care to offer to BibleBardUS at gmail.com. Glad to hear from you. Thanks in advance for following and sharing content from the Bible Bard community. Thanks for listening. The Bible Bard does not get information about Jesus from religion 
or some theology people have developed in the past, the Bible itself in its plain literary expressions in its text is the source of all revealed knowledge about God. We're archeologists trying to get to that source. Once you know what the Bible says, because you have read it or heard its clear teaching for yourself, you are no longer dependent on religious ideology for your information. Get what the Bible says.